Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to Shaw Locals Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors along with Sean Hammond here on Friday, February 10th. Uh, and Sean, my wife and I uh, uh, last Sunday were running some errands in the afternoon. And it was one of those times where you had the realization that it was the first Sunday <laughs> in many months that we weren't watching football. Um we get one final and you said, game. This up. feels weird, right? Yeah. No, like it was like, well, what do we do with our time now? Like, you know, we were, you know, I guess I shouldn't complain. You know, it was kind of nice to to have a Sunday to yourself, but like you get so used to having that thing to kind of base your weekend around it. It's weird when it's taken away from you. Yeah, it is weird. It, it certainly is weird. Uh, you, you know, we get so used to this over, over all these months and, uh, instead, you're uh, making a run to the grocery store, or some other such uh, chore on, on your Sunday afternoon. Yeah, um, you know, and, and as much as I'm looking forward to Sunday, uh, you know, the Super Bowl is always a fun spectacle. It's not, it's certainly not the same as your standard, you know, NFL Sunday. Um, the pageantry is fun, and all the the commercials are fun you know, everything that goes in it, but it's, it's definitely a different feel than your, your typical NFL game. I think, I think a lot of NFL fans would much rather take a regular, uh, a regular season Sunday when, when you can sit down and watch the red zone for, you know, however oh, many dude. hours and, and you got, and you got, uh, I miss, you know, I so miss red zone. So many chances for a good game. Whereas, you know, if the, if the Super Bowl's a dud, uh, it's, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we've been spoiled the last... There's been some know, close ones lately. Yeah. Well, we we did add the, the bad game between Kansas, kind of Kansas City, Tampa, two years ago was a bad game. Yeah. But outside of that, we've we've had pretty good luck with Super Bowls lately. Um, But yeah, you, you... Dude, like, not having red zone, like, it's it's so tough. Uh, I, I don't... um. I was pretty excited. We switched to YouTube TV recently, mm. and uh, the I don't know if you saw that, but uh, NFL, uh, the Red Zone channel is moving to YouTube TV off of Direct TV, so that was a nice little 
fine there because I would be lost um, without uh, <laughs> without Red Zone Channel. It's it's really nice. I usually have two TVs going like during the season. I'll have the Bears on one TV, and then that with the sound on, and then have Red Zone Channel um, on. Uh, a second TV, uh, you know, that's the benefit of, of not going to soldier field. Like I used to, you're down there. Obviously it's, it's hard to keep track of what else is going on around the NFL on Sundays when you're at soldier field or on the road, like you are, you know, yeah, yeah, it is. But you know what, that's, that's how you have to do it. You have to, to, you know, fully, fully, uh, uh, commit your attention to that bears game, uh, you know, to do a job like this. And, um, certainly, uh, I wish, I wish I could watch more of what's going on around the league on Sundays, but unfortunately there's just a lot of it that, that, you know, I, I don't get to because, uh, especially this year, the bears had so many of those, uh, noon Sunday kickoffs that, that, you, you know, you kind of miss what's going on around the league. Yeah. I, it's a double-edged sword. I'd really like the noon Sunday kickoffs for our purposes. I do too. Of, yeah. Like in terms of like getting our content online and, and, not being up against a deadline, it's wonderful. Um, it makes our jobs a lot easier. But at the same time, like I love being able to, uh, on like a Sunday noon, be able to focus on Red Zone Channel and be like, all right, the Bears are either playing tonight or at three o'clock. You know, it's great to be able to do that. But uh, Rick, uh, Rick uh, Gonzalez chiming in this morning or asking, uh, you guys going to watch the USFL or XFL? Uh, I tell you what, I've I've seen bits and pieces over the the last few years when they've been going on. And like, I don't hate it. Like I don't sit there and grumble, but like, I'm also not the type of person that's going to um, like plan a day around. It's not appointment viewing for for us. I don't, I'm in the same boat, Kyle. I mean, there's other things I'd rather be spending my time doing. Uh, Certainly if I'm I'm just sitting around and I'm looking for something to watch, I'll, I'll tune in and, and watch a game for a little bit, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning my schedule around that. It was um, I was down in St. Pete a couple of years ago for a, a work conference, and it was about this time of year. It was after the Super Bowl, um, and the XFL had started, and I ended up at uh, they have a Hofra House. I think it might have closed during the pandemic. Um, Hofra House. Uh, anyone who's a beer fan, uh, particularly of like German beer down in uh, Munich, uh, is incredible. There was a few locations, including one in Rosemont a Hofbrau house that closed during the pandemic. But anyway, uh, so I get down to this conference and I wander over, I'm like, find out that there's a Hofbrau house in St. Pete. I'm like, well, I, I got to go get a beer now. Right. So I wander over to this place and there's an XFL game involving the Tampa Bay team. It's, I can't remember what the, the, the mascot is for Tampa Bay or if it's still even, if that team still even exists. But anyway, so I'm sitting at this, at the bar at Hofbrau house and the Tampa Bay XFL team scores a touchdown and like seven or eight people started like going nuts. And it was, <laughs> it was like one of those things I had to check which TV they were actually rooting for because I was, I just didn't expect people to get excited for an XFL touchdown. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love when, uh, uh, you know, you, people people in your city uh get behind the those those sort of random sports like that and and you know what i don't think somebody's asking in the chat does the chicago have a usfl or xfl i don't believe so kyle uh i don't think so i don't think i don't think they have one in either they did in the original xfl yeah they had one in the original xfl um I think back to I'm wondering anyone in chat. We'll see here. Did anyone ever go see? Wasn't there an arena league team that played in like Rosemont or somewhere? Oh, the Rush. Oh yeah, yeah, the Chicago Rush. Oh, yeah, yeah, the arena league's coming back too. Yeah, it is coming back, isn't it? Uh, they just announced that a week or two ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah the, the Chicago, Chicago Rush. Rush. They, they won it one year. I, I vaguely remember that. They did win it one year. I don't. I never went to see a Chicago Rush game. I'm interested. Anyone in the chat go see a Chicago Rush game? Was it fun? Um, I feel like I watched it maybe maybe once, but can't say that it was something I paid much attention to. I I never went to a Rush game, but I when I was an intern out in Arizona, I did cover uh, an arena league game. Uh, whatever the Arizona Rattlers, I think they were called. Okay. Um, I covered one of their games randomly. <laughs> This is um, not where I intended for. I, I didn't just, expect to be uh, talking about that. No, but this is, you know, the this is the great part of doing this live and having people in and kind of steering the show. And, um, you know, why the hell not? It's, it's February. We don't have a ton of bears to talk about. But so we are going to dive into last week. We spent a bit more time talking about offense, kind of going back through the 2022 season. This week, want to go through uh and talk about the defensive side a little bit more don't mind if you guys have questions of course throw whatever questions or comments you want into the chat but overall do plan on spending more time on the defense and the offense this week and and sean um actually before i get into that i, I do want to make sure of course to get the proffers out of the way um make sure to follow us on twitter at kyle neighbors at sean underscore hammond of course go to shawlocal.com uh, and you'll find all of our Bears content there. Sean's been working hard on his season uh, post <laughs> on his postseason <laughs> review series it's during the postseason. Uh, but the 2022 review series, we're finishing that up. Special teams goes up tomorrow morning. Safeties went up this morning. Uh, and Sean, I, as I said, we mentioned it a little bit last week. I feel a lot more confident on where the Bears are on the defensive side of the ball, or at least maybe like obviously the defense needs a ton of work. But I feel like there's a much clearer path um, in terms of the draft and free agency to getting to where this team needs to be than on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the offensive side is, is you know, yeah, you saw some, some bright spots and some flashes, but really you can build that thing however the heck you want to build it. You know, whatever they want to be on offense, uh, they can do. Whereas, uh, you know, the defense, I think, has a, a very clear – um, assignment under Matt Eberflus's 4-3 scheme. And, and they also have, based on what we saw last year, you very clearly know what you need. Uh, you know, they, they seem to be in pretty good shape in that secondary when healthy, when everybody's there and they're healthy. Um, they seem like they have a pretty good unit. Um, you know, you found a nice rookie in Jack Sanborn, but you, you probably need more, more help at that linebacker spot. And really, a lot of focus has to be on that defensive line and the front up there. Clearly, you know, they weren't creating enough pressure uh, or the type of pressure that they need to be successful uh, in this scheme. And so that's going to be a big focus, whether that's whether you're talking uh, defensive ends, defensive tackles. Uh, you know, I think they're really going to have to to search hard for both. Yeah, I mean, the defensive line overall needs a lot of work um kind of work our way through it here starting as you said in the secondary because rick had a question I'll, I'll start with that um rick says jalen contract get done this year or no sean do you have any lean one way or the other there i would lean towards yes i feel like they're going to extend him and and they i, I think they want to get that done you know he's He's not a, a, a leader in terms of like an Eddie Jackson leader or like a vocal guy, but he's definitely well-respected in that room and uh, in the locker room. And I, I do think they're going to get one done. Now, 
I, I do have some questions or some it, some curiosity surrounding Ryan Poles and and you know we haven't really seen him uh, extend anyone and and so what's the timeline going to look like you know we know Ryan Pace like to to get those done a lot of times uh, in August or early September right before the season started. Uh, how much of a priority is that going to be for Ryan Poles, or, or is this going to be a thing that that drags on into the season? I don't really know, but I, I do think they're going to get one done. Yeah, I think so as well. The You are right. I don't know what the timeline looks like here. Um, to me, I, th- I think that would be a priority. Uh, I do Jaylen, too. J- Jalen Johnson has played well. Your secondary is looking like a real strength of this team. If you can keep that unit intact for the next three or four years. Uh, I think you, you look for ways to do that. You got the money. I don't expect Jalen Johnson to want absurd money. Um, I don't think he's played to that level. And I mean, you, uh, you spend your time around, uh, around the locker room, obviously like there, there's also, there's no signs where, to me where, you know, it's like, he's the type of kid that's worried about breaking the bank. You know, like obviously he wants fair market value, but I also don't think he's looking to reset market value. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't, I guess I, I can't say, I don't know what, what he wants exactly, but I mean, if, if you're anybody on this bears team and you, if you're, if you're Jalen Johnson, if you're Cole Komet, uh, I think you can look at the, the amount of available cap space on this roster and you can go to, to management and say, Hey, <laughs> I I need a new deal, and you have all this space. Why not make me the highest paid cornerback? Now I don't I don't know if that's you know gonna happen per se, but um, he's gonna certainly you know be in the conversation near near the top of the cornerback market. I don't know if he's necessarily gonna be the guy who who sets the market because um, because you're right. I mean he he's a very very good player. You know he he does his job. He he. Um, uh, when he's healthy, he's very reliable. Now the problem is that teams have in the past have been able to to sort of avoid him, uh, avoid throwing near him, and so you don't see the the types of of uh, uh, you know turnovers and, and game changing plays that maybe you want in in your highest paid cornerback in the NFL. I'm trying to go through and get some comps in my head for for Jalen. Yeah, I I mean, I think he's going to be probably paid in like that top five to top eight range. I I do think he's worthy of that. He's played really well. CJ had uh, an interesting question. CJ Williams checking in. Thanks, CJ, for the question. Uh, When you evaluate Jalen Johnson, do you penalize him for the lack of interceptions? Sean, I don't because... I don't either. Go ahead. Yeah it's you saw it particularly last year teams were just teams are avoiding Jalen Johnson he's he's to that level that particularly with Kyler Gordon unestablished on the other side this year you really saw teams avoid Jalen Johnson as as much as possible really the only time he was consistently targeted throughout the game was was against the Eagles when they had AJ Brown and and obviously you're going to target AJ Brown and you're going to take your chances in that matchup and uh sure he he wound up with a lot of yards had a couple of big plays um but but Johnson uh you know knocked down a couple of passes in that game too I don't penalize him for the lack of interceptions because of that and and you saw uh especially his rookie year you saw how much uh you know how how talented he was at, at 
batting that ball away. And sure, you want to turn some of those into interceptions, but but he can keep the ball out of guys' hands. And really, that's that's the number one job. That's what you're paying a cornerback to do. And and yes, the turnovers, uh, you know, that's that's what everybody sees in the stat book. Uh, you know, when 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 the guys who when the all pro team comes out, it's usually the guys who have a lot of turnovers, a lot of takeaways and, and interceptions. But, um, you know, I think you have to look a little bit deeper at that cornerback spot. You know, I would say that one of the things that uh, is concerning with or I shouldn't say concerning with Jalen Johnson that you're looking at is I, I, I guess what I would say is the 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 lack of interceptions, I don't think you can put that on Jalen Johnson. I think those interceptions will come with a better pass rush. You know, like Jalen Johnson, we we talk about the fact that the Bears secondary performed really well despite the lack of pass rush. Inter, or turnovers come, are generated by that pass rush. Like you, you, those guys have been great in coverage, but without being able to get to the quarterback and force those types of errant throws, like there's not a ton of opportunity for Jalen Johnson, particularly when teams are, avoiding him and uh i think sam uh sam uh in the in the chat here was talking about he held his own early in the game against uh eagles i I agree he actually i thought he played pretty well early on against aj brown there that was a game that just kind of fell apart against the bears or you know as that thing went off you know as that game progressed things just kind of went off the rail yeah i think that's a great example where you have to to you know, rewatch the tape rather than look at the the box score because AJ Brown finished with 180 something uh, receiving yards in that game. But but if you actually watch that battle that was going on between them, particularly in that first half, yeah, you know, Jalen Johnson held his own in that game, and and that's really promising because uh, you know we've seen that was one of the struggles that he kind of dealt with his his second year is is in those big games against those big matchups. Uh, you know, he was uh, struggling a little bit against Devontae Adams and other guys. Um, but, you know, I think if you look beyond the stat line, uh, you know, Jalen, Jalen played really well in that game. And, and yeah, I mean, it, the, you got to fix the whole D de- if you, if you fix this defensive line and, and get, get a pass rush going in there, things are going to fall differently. Uh, certainly that's going to create more, more turnovers in general and more opportunities for that, that secondary. And, and yeah, Kyle, I mean, those guys, those guys had to defend for really long times uh, on some of these plays where where that four man rush wasn't getting anything. So I want to work our way up from the secondary to the defensive line uh, because, as we were saying earlier, it, it pretty clearly falls in those steps, right? In terms of what needs to be fixed, secondary looking to be in good shape. Really quickly, going to pop this up here from good old Lori Ryan checking in. My son could do much better job talking, and all I'll say to that is Lori. <laughs> be a happier human being like come on man like that is why would you pop into a chat just to talk about yes i sometimes thanks for uh, joining the show yeah thanks for joining the show i don't know what really tell you there you don't have to watch like um anyway so you know looking through uh looking through the the linebacker position and there are some interesting names we had a question in the chat earlier asking about how deep uh, free agency is at the linebacking position, Sean. And there's not a lot of big names out there. You got a couple guys that are are really interesting. Like Levante David is probably going to get a, a good amount of money here, but there's not a lot of guys that I expect the break uh, to to um, you know break the bank here. But I do think there are a lot of guys 
that fit nicely for the Bears in the at the linebacker position in free agency. Yeah, there there potentially could be, and and you know it comes down to kind of what they want to do. Uh, you know, do they want to uh, spend big for for a guy like that, like a Levante David, uh, like a David Long, like a TJ Edwards, are some of those names at the top of the of the list? Tremaine Edmonds uh, from the Bills, uh, Jermaine Pratt from the Bengals. Um, you know what what do they really want to do here? Is, is what it comes down to because. You got Jack Sanborn, who's a nice piece, and and certainly you know you want to keep seeing what what's going on there. Um, you know, do you, you Nick Morrow is a free agent? What what do you want to do there? Uh, you know, he could be a guy you bring back on another cheap one year deal if that's what you want to do. If you're not really feeling like you're ready to spend at that position, uh, or he could be a guy that you let walk uh, and replace with with one of those higher end free agents. Um, I, I don't necessarily know what Ryan Poles is thinking in that area. Uh, Kyle, what, what do you think the Bears should do at this linebacker spot? So let's start with Jack Sanborn because that's that's the first key here. Do you, do you want him at middle linebacker? Do you see him more as an off-ball linebacker? He played well, um, you know, filling in for or taking over once the Roquan Smith trade happened. I kind of think you 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 let him play at middle linebacker, and you know one thing I wanted to bring up here, and I you already mentioned T.J. Edwards. Um, we talked about a pre-show. I was looking through. I found it really interesting. T.J. Edwards is another kid from uh, the northern suburbs, much like Jack Sanborn out of Lake Zurich. Went to Wisconsin like Jack Sanborn yep. was a undrafted, uh, undrafted uh, went undrafted uh, out of Wisconsin, and now is a. Uh, all pro linebacker uh, playing for a Super Bowl, started all 17 games for the Eagles during the regular season, is heading himself into free agency here. Um, one, I, 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 it's just kind of crazy the 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 comp there. They're also very similar in size. Um, uh, yeah, so Edwards I, has they're, they're about the same height. Edwards has maybe like 10 pounds on him. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that Jack Sanborn is going to turn into the level of play, player TJ Edwards is or you know, has turned into, mm-hmm. but you, you look at Wisconsin linebackers to begin with and the way that they've performed over, over the years in the NFL. And uh, you see another guy like TJ Edwards really follow a, that footprint uh, or that, that blueprint. And, you know, it, it gives you another reason to feel good about Jack Sanborn moving forward. That should be exactly what you want for Jack Sanborn. That would be, you know, the best case scenario uh, is he turns into a, a stud like that, a guy who who's going to start for you the next couple of years and uh, put his name in the conversation for for the Pro Bowl and All Pro stuff. Um, you know, we saw some promising some promising plays from Jack this season. I, I think he, um, you know, I think he's a, a a little bit faster on that film than maybe you would expect, just because he has that really those really good instincts and that nose for the ball. And and you know, you never see him fall for for a, a fake or or a juke or or anything like that. And he's he's got a really good understanding of of what his job is and and going and getting the ball carrier. And um, you know, that, that's cer- certainly something you can build on with him. You know, I think another another off season. Uh, if he keeps working in that weight room and and keeps uh, you know studying the game, I think there's no reason why he shouldn't be starting for you next season, uh, regardless of whether you bring somebody else in uh, as a big time free agent. You know, I think he's earned that right. 
Yeah, he, he's going to get another shot. Uh, Sam checking in. Samborn is the only one of the three linebackers I would keep, but I wouldn't uh, commit him to a, or commit him to a spot yet because he's not very athletic. And next year, teams will be game planning for him. I actually think he's more athletic than you realize, Sam. Like he, I, I think the maybe the biggest knock on him. So like. Yeah, maybe he's uh, – I, I guess I'm going to backtrack here. He makes up for the athleticism or the the top-notch NFL athleticism, not having that, with how incredibly um, instinctual he is. Mm-hmm. Right, Sean? I think that's yeah. the best way to put it. Right? That's that's absolutely the way to put it. And I guess if you're a, if you're an opponent, I think the, the best way to, to – counteract that would be to try to make him put him in un- uncomfortable spots where or unusual spots where he he has to make decisions that maybe he's not used to um and and sure maybe teams will game plan for that a little bit more uh, with a full season of film and, and and a full off season to plan for that um but but yeah i do think that that he plays faster than than you expect because of that uh, CJ Williams uh, with Eagles do, uh, didn't value off ball linebackers. Yeah, they they have not invested a lot at that position. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder if the Bears are going to take a similar tack there, actually, Sean. Um, one, obviously, the Bears decided to make the decided to pull the trigger during the season and move on from Roquan Smith, who then uh, did get himself a nice deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but you look at it and yeah, I, I wonder how heavily the bears plan on investing in that off ball position. And so like TJ Edwards, he's the type of player that I think actually would be a, a, a probably a pretty good fit for the bears, but he's put himself in a position where he's probably going to get, you know, what, four years, 45, 50, maybe even 55 to $60 million here. Um, I don't know if the bear willing to spend that type of money. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're willing to spend that type of money at this position. Uh, and, and, you know, given everything that just went down with Roquan, it would be a little surprising to see them do that. Uh, you know, I know you're not talking about paying a guy $20 million like you had to pay Roquan $20 million a year. Uh, but still, you know, $15 million, that's a big chunk of your salary cap. Is that, uh, you know, is that where you want to commit it to that, to that uh, off-ball linebacker spot? Um, I, I do, you know, I can see them certainly spending money. I think that's going to be much more likely to come along that defensive line, uh, those edge rusher spots, that defensive tackle spot. Um, but, it, you know, I, I do think that they kind of need to approach this this linebacker position uh, as with, with those defensive line spots uh, in terms of just getting as many talented guys as they can and seeing who sticks. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they spend a little money at linebacker and use a draft pick at that spot because uh, you don't know what's going to work and what's not. So, so why not give yourself multiple, multiple shots? Want to give a shout out to the sponsor of Shaw locals, bears insider podcast, Marengo guns, always buying, always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo and military item. Come see the expert at Marengo guns open 9am to 7pm, seven days a week. And, and Sean, you bring up there where I really wanted to go. And really the thrust of this is, the defensive line. And I wanted to go from, from the back to the start because, or from the, the back end of the defense to the start or the front of the defense, because when you look at both free agency and the draft defensive line is where you find 
a lot of the top tier talent looking and we're going to get to free agency, obviously, before we get to the draft. Just when you look at the top few names out there, you got a guy like Javon Hargrave coming from the Philadelphia Eagles. You got a guy uh, trying to find my list here, Deron Payne out of Washington. Those are two guys that are going to get a lot of money this offseason. They're two guys that deserve to get paid this offseason. They're also two positions that the Bears could really, really use upgrades at. But then you look at it, where the Bears are sitting. We can pretty safely assume the Bears are trading out at number one. and uh, But we just don't know how far they're going down. But you start looking at the draft. You got a guy like Will Anderson is going to be very near the top of the draft. Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. These are guys right there, three guys. Miles Murphy out of Clemson. There are four guys um, right off the top uh, top there that are going to be top 10 picks probably. And when you combine that with the top talent that I'm talking about in free agency, so how do you how do you approach it, right? Like, you know, obviously, do you do you prioritize that really young impact player? Like, I I love Jalen Carter. Like, I think that would be an absolutely fantastic fit for the Bears. But like, do you pass up on a Duran Payne? And if you can get someone like that, where that frees up your ability to then maybe take, you know, uh, that stud wide receiver or that stud left tackle, you know, you, you, you're trying to balance these things. Defensive line is going to make or break this Bears offseason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's the number one most important thing that, that Ryan Poles has to work on this offseason and and. I think that's very clear to them, and and uh, that's that's very clear to to the general public as well. Um, you know, I th- I don't know that you know you can game plan for these things, but I don't know that you can necessarily. Uh, I, I think sometimes you have to to focus on what's ahead of you, and and you know, right now that's free agency. You know, can you get a guy like Darren Payne? Uh, I think it, you know if the answer is yes, then then you you get a guy like that, and then you adjust your your draft plan after the fact. You know, it, it comes down to like. Uh, you know, are you going to be able to convince some of these guys, these top free agents, to come play for you? And, and uh, certainly, they have the money to do that. Uh, you know, I they, say, can, they it, can buy whoever the heck they want. Uh, that but, that's helpful when you can when you can throw money at the problem. I mean, you don't want to be stupid about it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but when you can, you also don't want to you don't want to pull a Phil Emery and start bidding bidding against yourself here. But yeah, yeah, you can. That carrot is always nice to have. A good GM has to have that long-term plan for the, you know, when you're looking at a, a single offseason, you know, you have to plan for the draft and, and free agency, yes. But, um, you know, there might be some surprises along the way. Uh, it, it, obviously, free agency happens first. So you have to, uh, you know, see who's available and see who's willing to come play for you. Um, yeah, I would think, you know, it, certainly Jalen Carter would be, would be an awesome uh, defensive tackle for the Bears. But if they can go out and sign somebody, um, you know, maybe, maybe they pivot and they, and they look to, towards a Will Anderson or, or, or somebody on the edge who can, can give them a, a, a you know, a, a better pass rush there at that, at that edge spot, uh, early in the draft. Um, I, I think you have to be really flexible with how you approach this. Yeah. That's the nice thing, right? Is with the money and <laughs> with the, the, Hell, I mean, the, the the multiple positions that the Bears need going into this offseason, that is kind of the nice thing, right, is you don't have to overpay for any particular player. 
because at the end of the day, you do need multiple spots. And on the defensive line in particular, you do have multiple options here. Like last year, their one big kind of splash signing that obviously ended up falling through was Larry Ogunjobi. But I didn't feel that both in the draft and in that free agent class, the, the defensive line was nearly as deep as it is this year, Sean. No, I, uh, sorry, in the, in the draft or free agency, what did you say? Oh, really, in both, both, in both, both. classes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of available options. Whether you're talking, you know, whether you're talking defensive ends, whether you're talking tackles, uh, I think it, it's you know the Bears are lucky that that it's sort of worked out this way. That you know they they ha- will have options between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter if if they want to take one of those two guys. Um, you know, they're going to have opportunities to really shape this however they want. Um, you know, you look at at the defensive end. Uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, those two guys you mentioned, Hargrave and, uh, and Payne at defensive tackle, those are really two of the top guys uh, available. But you look at the defensive end spot, too. Uh, you know, you got Marcus Davenport, Yannick Ngakwe, Justin Houston, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, certainly they can spend money there, too. And, and I, I don't think that there's uh, – this is a spot where they can they can afford to, to use both cap space and, and – you know, high, high end, uh, uh, draft capital uh, on that defensive end spot, because I don't think that you really, you're, you're really starting from scratch. I know Travis Gibson is, you know, uh, w- was a nice player and, and, you know, seemed to have a, a pretty good year last year, but, but kind of didn't really come through this year. And Al-Kadeen Muhammad didn't do anything for you at the defensive end spot. And you traded Robert Quinn. It, it, they're starting from scratch here is, is really what they're doing. So I think you got to, you know, it's okay to, to address that in multiple ways. Uh, getting a lot of comments in here and really appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to go back up here. Sam Rush had said, uh, the Bears have a blueprint to follow from the Eagles. We need to build a rotation of guys on the defensive line. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a blueprint specifically from the Eagles. Everyone is looking for to have a deeper rotation. Sean mentioned in guys yeah. like Travis Gibson and and, and um, Al Muhammad. I'm not sure. Did you mention uh, uh, Dominique Robinson in oh, there no, as I, well? I, I don't think like, I did. So, like, those are guys. Yeah, those guys are going to be around. Those guys are going to be in the rotation. Um, Sam, I pulled this comment up though, actually, because you you made me go back thinking of T.J. Edwards and, and that Bears connection. Um, well, the Bears connection uh, and this blueprint about the Eagles following. It, it's funny that you say that, though, because Ian Cunningham, Bears assistant GM, uh, was up for, I believe, what, the interview with Arizona and Tennessee. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, came over with Ryan Poles or uh, Ryan Poles brought him over from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, had a lot of success there learning in that front office. Um, so I think there are some concepts that, that Ian Cunningham, I, I think it's pretty clear. You can see the bears incorporating, um, some of those concepts for roster building that Philly has used over the last decade or so. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the comment is right. You want as many guys as possible. Uh, it's just hard to, hard to do. I mean, when you're, the Eagles are in a very, very good situation where, you know, you're trading for a guy like Robert Quinn and and he doesn't have to be your star pass rusher. You know, he can be the guy coming off the bench. Uh, so, yeah, that that's taken them some time to, to get to that point, to build that. I mean, uh, it's not like they assembled that just in the last year or two. That That's going to take, uh, you know, you got to throw a lot of darts at the board before you start finding, uh, you know, 
five, six, seven really good uh, defensive linemen up there. Uh, Auger checking in. No edge. Listened to Erlacher on CHGO yesterday. Sorry. No, dude. Uh, Adam Hogue and those guys do great, great work. Um, obviously, watch you over here checking out our content and watching our show, but also make sure you're doing that as well. Um, it says, uh, I, Erlacher mentioned, it all starts with the three technique. Auger, I agree. Like, if if all things are equal, right, I'd like the Bears, their, their number one priority to be that three technique position. That doesn't always work out that way, though. Um, you know, when teams start getting into bidding wars. But then that's what I'm saying, though. Like, there's enough flexibility in this free agent class, in this draft class on the defensive line, whether the Bears decide to, t- uh, to target that free technique or out on the edge, there are enough names and enough quality talent that and the bears need enough of it that i they have the flexibility i i you should feel good i think about where the bears stand going into the offseason with where the talent lies yeah i mean you look at just look at what happened last offseason with the larry ogan joey thing i i mean i think that is is uh, a sign that that ryan poles knows how important that position is you know that was that was the the thing that they were targeting and it's unfortunate the way that that particular deal uh worked out and fell through and you know the 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 physical wasn't there and they weren't able to get the the uh they weren't able to get the their number one guy at that spot and and that sucked but uh you know i think that that just kind of shows that they're prioritizing that spot and i think they're going to prioritize that spot this offseason you got another chance at it there's a couple of really good looking defensive tackles and free agency um, you, I, I, I wouldn't, exp- I wouldn't be surprised if they do spend a lot of money at that spot. I think it's the most likely spot that they drop big money in free agency because you look at both offensive tackle and wide receiver in the free agent class, more so wide receiver. There are some offensive tackles that I, you know, at least have interest in like Orlando mm-hmm. Brown jr. But like, I don't know if, Orlando Brown Jr. is a guy that I want to give a ton of money to. Um, I don't have those question marks about the two guys. Particularly, I, I really like Payne. Like, I, if Washington may end up putting the franchise tag on him, uh, and if that's the case, that changes this calculus. But if he makes mm-hmm. it to free agency, I think that should absolutely be the number one target for the Bears. Yeah, I you know I wrote that in my my I got my free agent spreadsheet up here. That's that's one of my notes. Is he he is definitely a franchise tag candidate. Uh, I could see the Commanders doing that uh, if he does get to the market. I mean, you're talking about a lot of money too. I mean, that's probably going to be a I don't even know a five year hundred million type deal. Uh, you know, something something in that range. Um, but yeah, he's he's certainly uh, uh, him and, and Hargrave are, are the two the two best options I would say at that spot. Triple R checking in uh, saying, but uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Isn't athletic enough. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I'm saying I'd rather the bears focus their money on free agency at like someone like uh Payne because there's just, I feel like there's much, there's m- fewer unknowns with Payne than a guy like Orlando Brown. I think Orlando Brown is, is solid. Like he, particularly the second half of the season, he had a kind of a slow start for Kansas city this year, but like, I just don't know if the upside is there. I have questioned the mark. I don't have those about some of the guys on the defensive line. 
uh, want to go back up to Triple R. Uh, he had said Gibson and a- uh, Al-Kadeem Muhammad can go, but he had also followed it up pretty quickly after that, Sean, with our depth backups also need to be upgraded. <laughs> uh, and so, like, Triple R, I, I, like, I understand, like, Gibson and Al-Kadeem Muhammad were disappointing this year, but, like, you... Y- you got to have bodies around. Like you can't turn over the entire roster here, even with all this cap space, you, you're going to have to have some names back on, on value contracts. And both of those guys are at, at, at are at money that it makes all the sense in the world to bring them back. They obviously have to upgrade those positions, but those guys are both going to be here. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I, I feel like Travis Gibson could be a, a solid rotational guy, a, a solid backup, a, a guy who comes in for some snaps here and there. Um, you know, he showed that he could do that on a defensive line when, when Robert Quinn was in there and, and, um, you know, there was, he had some help, uh, he didn't have to do it all like he did this past season. Um, you, you gotta have bodies. Yes. They need to upgrade some of those, you know, some of those backup spots and, and rotational guys need to be upgraded as well. Uh, but you're right, Kyle. I mean, they're, they're, they can't change everyone, uh, in one off season. Yeah, I, I multiple people checking in on no, 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 no. Like, um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand. Like, he didn't play well, but, but where there was, um, yeah, Sam Rush uh, has to go for the cap space. Like, they don't need the cap space, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, if if you if you cut him, you're just looking for another body like him. You know, like if they were up against it and they could find a cheaper person to fill it in, or you know, fill that that roster spot in then yeah go ahead and cut them but you're going to be doing the same thing for a rotational player which is what you want al-kadeem muhammad to be ideally again if they if they needed the money absolutely i just don't see a reason to do it i mean yeah he's only got one more year on his deal sure you could cut him and save it looks like you could save uh just under four million dollars but why do you need an, you have so much salary cap space? I, I don't think that that's necessarily uh, you don't need to. Uh, why not just keep him around? And sure, maybe you know what? Maybe they cut him uh, after training camp or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm with you guys in that obviously he didn't do anything last season. Uh, so so that's not promising. Um, but but I could see him sticking around at least through the off season. Yeah, uh, he's a guy that could be cut come August, right? When you go down the 53 man, there's just no reason to cut him right now, unless for some insane reason you need the money. But I just, the, there's just no chance in hell the the Bears are going to get to that point this offseason where they need that type of money. There's no reason not to let him go through this offseason and try and play his way into a roster spot. And, and that's kind of why I, I don't, this is one of those. It's been weird because the last few years, uh, especially under under Ryan Pace, it seemed like we get to the end of the season and every year we're like, okay, who can they cut to save some space so that they can, you know, possibly sign somebody? Um, and, and they're in a very advantageous salary cap spot right now, where I don't think that they necessarily need to cut anybody uh, for those reasons because you have so much salary cap space next year. Yeah, and that's what Sam following up with. We could reallocate the funds to sign a better player at that position. You can do that without cutting Al-Kadi Muhammad, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, they they have the cap space. They have the roster spaces. You can sign 
someone. You can sign two uh, $20 million a year defensive ends and still have $50 million in cap space. Yeah, and, and then Al-Kadeen Muhammad can <laughs> play his way throughout this offseason and through training camp and, and – and, uh, you know, see if he can earn his way into a roster spot. And if not, then he'll be cut. Like, I just, I, I there's just, sorry, I, I try and I, I don't want to just, I understand why people are really down on him. And as you said, like, he didn't do anything last year. It just, there's, there's no reason to cut bait, like, on a sunk cost when you don't have to. Like, if he, <laughs> What if, what if, you know, you look at how across the board, the defensive line was terrible last year, right? If you get better talent overall, where he's a rotational piece, is there a possibility that he plays better as a rotational piece? Yeah, I think so. So why not take that tact when you have the flexibility to do so? Yeah, I. that's a great point, Kyle. I mean, it, if the defense as a whole is playing better, if you have a better defensive end on the other side uh, r- rushing the quarterback with him, uh, you know, that opens things up for guys. That gives you better opportunities if, if you know, the, the offensive line has to focus on what's happening on the other side, has to put two guys on, on say, your, your new star defensive end. Uh, that's going to give uh, guys like him, like Al-Kadim Muhammad, like Travis Gibson, like Dominique Robinson, uh, more one-on-one opportunities and better better chances to get to the quarterback. <laughs> uh, where was it? Uh, Rick, Rick, chime, 55, Al-Qadim Muhammad was one of the first free agents we ever signed. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I get that. Depends based. how you're measuring it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I it was a throwaway season. Uh, I, I think of like the, the first free agent class for Ryan, um, Ryan Pace. I almost said Ryan Poles there. Um, Ryan Pace and that kind of being a throwaway class as well. Um, I thought there were some, some worse signings in that class than, than anything in this past class for, for Ryan Poles. But um, again, I just, he, he did nothing. I, I completely understand. He did nothing. It was really bad. There's just not a reason to cut him. You know, outside of outside of the fact that he played poorly, I get it. But like, you know, here's an example. I understand that Robert Quinn was always a much better player than Al Qadim Muhammad. So don't tell me I'm expecting Al uh, Al Qadim Muhammad to go out and set a franchise record. But like, people were absolutely furious with Robert Quinn after his his first year in Chicago, and then he went out the next year and set the franchise record. Uh, for sacks in a single season. Again, I'm not saying Al-Kadim Muhammad is going to get anywhere close to that. I don't. I think there's probably a pretty decent chance that if they do keep him, like I'm saying they should, that he does end up getting cut at the end of August. What I'm saying, though, is there's just no reason to cut him now, and maybe you get lucky, and he does rebound. And, you know, the there was a reason that they gave him a two-year contract. They gave a lot of one-year deals to a lot of guys. They were comfortable enough to give him a little bit more wiggle a wiggle room for a reason. Yeah, he's one of the few guys. Him, Lucas Patrick. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, I think I think that should be the plan, Kyle. I mean, you, you're going to have 90 guys when you open training camp or whatever. There's no reason why uh, he couldn't be one of those guys. And, and yeah, sure, if he's if he looks the same and, and nothing's changed, cut him at the end of August and move on. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. Uh, Mr. Shorty, did uh, 55 even have one sack? I think not. I, Again, like I don't think he did. Maybe I don't. I don't. Yeah, maybe half. Um, You know, but again, uh, 
who uh, Jaquan Brisker led the team in, in sacks at four, you know, there was no one. Uh, uh, Dominique Robinson he had one sack. Yeah. I mean, Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson, you know, they had the quick start to the season. No one performed well on the defensive line. No one. So like, you, you just, you're not bringing in eight to 10 new bodies on the defensive line. It's just not happening. They're going to bring in probably four to five new bodies, but like some of that depth needs to be there. Like, so yeah. <laughs> one, one sack, uh, one sack, one TFL, three quarterback hits. I did not expect al Muhammad to, I did not expect al Muhammad to be such a lightning. Again, like I, he was really bad. Um, I'm not trying to say that he wasn't. I just didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, him to I'm be with you guys. Girl. Like he was bad. Yes. Um, you. You know, Rick, uh, can I get some of your weed, Kyle? No, you can't have any of my weed. Weed's expensive in Illinois. Um, you're not getting any weed from. I don't know. Uh, there was just a new dispensary opened up in Crystal Lake, Sean. Oh, I, I was reading know. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and um, it was a sensory dispensary. And I probably shouldn't I, make uh, give a hard time to uh, any future um, people that could do some advertising with us. But um, uh, I. I went in there to check it out the other day with my wife and was looking at the sign for like all the taxes and stuff on it and was laughing at the incredible amount of stuff or the amount of taxes that you pay on the market. Oh yeah. Itself. It's Com- bonkers. Co- completely getting <laughs> off, off topic here, but uh, that we're going into weird places. Yeah. Going to weird, whatever it's, it's Kyle, Friday. Do you morning. know my brother works at a dispensary? I did not know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's got the connections. Maybe he can get us an, uh, some, uh, a new advertiser. Dude, I, I, uh, I would, um, I, I bet working at a dispensary is a very entertaining job. I he, bet you're, he likes dealing with the people. I'll tell you that. I, yeah, I bet that, <laughs> I bet he has some good stories to tell, but anyway, we are completely off base here. Not where I said there is not, <laughs> there's no hub here. Get weird. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I, see now we need I need Hub's opinion on on, on dispensaries and and I would marijuana. love to ask him about uh, that. I don't yeah, know where and, and 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 the tax base for for <laughs> legalized weed in Illinois. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're about fifty minutes here. Let's let's spend a few minutes here at the end. Um, let's spend a few minutes talking about the Super Bowl because this is a game that while as I was saying, um, it's not my favorite game because of it just takes too long um, sometimes uh, and it gets a little bit distracting on the bright side. I really, really, really love this matchup. Like all year long, I thought that this was the best possible matchup. I like this Philadelphia team, the way it was coming together. These are two teams that really were playing well down the stretch. I, I don't know how to pick this one, Sean. I I've been on the fence a lot. Uh, you know, and, and my initial gut, like that Monday morning after, after the AFC and NFC championship games, I was, I was thinking the Eagles and, and I'm going to stick with that. I do think the Eagles are going to win. Uh, you know, I think they have the talent up front. Uh, you know, they can give Patrick Mahomes a hard time with that defensive line. And, and obviously their the Eagles offensive line is really, really good. And they can just, you know, run right through just about anybody. They're the most efficient running team, uh, in the NFL. And, but it's it's a really good matchup, Kyle. You're right. It, it's so it's so tough to pick this game. Um, uh, obviously, it's hard to go against Mahomes uh, because 
you know, he's, he does some wizardry out there on the field and he's been really, really good this year. That, that chief's offense has been, been, you know, really efficient. If you look at the metrics, they've been uh, by far the most efficient offense in the NFL. And, and uh, this is a great matchup for, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm interested to see how Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, by the way, Matt Nagy, yeah. uh, getting a lot of play uh, in media, Chicago media this week uh, down there at Super Bowl. Um, interested to see what wrinkles that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and they come up with for this Philadelphia Eagles defense because the Eagles are playing really well defensively. The, the question that I have is if Philly's able to build a couple touchdown lead in this game, let's say they were able to get up 10 to 14 points. I wonder if Kansas City, it's weird to say this. Like, I don't feel like this is an explo- as explosive of an offense as we've seen with, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill obviously gone uh, this offseason. They're a bit more, I mean, they can still get chunks, but you know what I mean? They're a bit more possession-based. They've than embraced the, the intermediate and, and short throws a lot more this year than, than they were previously. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I got this, the, something that just popped in. Must say, I'll kind of enjoy watching the Eagles beat Reed. I kind of why, why do you why do you say that, Joe? I love Andy Reed actually. Like one, I enjoy the man's personality, but I also I love the fact that he was kind of thought of as someone who choked in big games with the Eagles. And you see so often in the NFL, like the guys that stick around for a long time, these head coaches. They do an incredibly in, an incredible job of adapting to the changes in the game on the field. Like Andy Reid, I think the reason I love Andy Reid is he's done a very good job of evolving as a head coach. The way their schemes have moved, Sean, over the last you know decade or so, he is always at the cutting edge uh, of what they do in the NFL and incorporating new college schemes. And when you combine that with who Andy Reid as a person, and I don't know if everyone here knows, like Andy Reid, you know, in his personal life has gone through some stuff and, uh, you know, has overcome some adversity. You combine everything together, and I consistently finding myself uh, rooting for Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, he certainly has evolved, Kyle. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is – there's no better example than this season. You know, they have an entire new receiving core practically, and – uh, the fact that they're sitting here in the Super Bowl, given that that they have uh, an entirely different receiving group with Patrick Mahomes, I mean that's really impressive. Not, I don't think a lot of teams could do that, uh, and that that just speaks to to Andy Reid and and obviously to Patrick Mahomes and what those two guys are able to do together. And um, yeah, I've I've uh, I've always kind of liked Andy Reid. I I don't have a, a a particular you know I'm not rooting for either one of these teams in in this game. Um, because I think there's there's a lot of good storylines on both sides, but um, I, it's been really uh, impressive to watch what Andy Reid has done with that Chiefs organization, and, and uh, you know I think we're we're a little bit spoiled by how how you know what is it five straight AFC Championship games? That's that's just that's so hard to do. Uh, Sam saying uh, Andy Reid, the QB whisperer, is a gem in the league. What he has done with quarterbacks is nothing short of amazing. You, you know, you look at what they were able to get out of Alex Smith before Patrick Mahomes took over. They'd certainly maximize that. And the other thing with Andy Reid, you know, how many times have we 
talked about or dreaded watching the Bears run any type of screen outside of you. You remember that the first season with Matt Nagy and with 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 Trey Burden, they actually had some success running some of like the inside stuff with the tight end and tight end screens, and then it absolutely fell apart. Andy Reid is incredible at finding ways to utilize like those quick hit screen passes or inside shovel passes. When you combine that with the the different different names they've used at, at running back, like they, you know, you go from Kareem Hunt, who gets himself into trouble, right? Ends up out of there. They draft Clyde Edwards Elaire in the first round, hasn't exactly lived up. You know, uh, Jarek McKinnon, like they, they've cycled through so many different names at running back, but they've all been productive. Like the way they run their offense, it's the system is just working and he's evolving to stay at the forefront and keeping them ahead. And it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he is he is a perfect example of just a, a really quality all-around coach. I mean, I remember, too, a few years back when he gave up the play calling and, and said, uh, you know, did he, he handed it off to Nagy. Isn't that the story? Um, I'm going back a few years now. Uh, when they had Alex Smith, uh, they went through – they had a really good start and then lost a couple of games, and, and Andy Reid said he was going to hand the play calling off to Nagy, I believe it was. Uh, yeah. That was a year – right before Nagy got hired, I think. I believe so. I, that um, was part just, of the, just little the, things like that. Yeah. No, and he, yeah, it's, I'd like to go back and and maybe find out a bit more of that story, right? Because obviously Andy Reid is a terrific coach and a good play caller, but you're right. The fact that he was able to recognize, it's kind of like, you know, you, you get a case of like the yips. Uh, if any of one, anyone listening is like a golfer, like you get into your head and, he was able to to hand it off there, but not everyone is able. I mean, Matt Nagy wasn't able to do that, right? Yeah, how many times? So much with yeah. giving up that power. Yeah, it's so it's it's really cool to see how Andy Reid has evolved from his days with the uh, with the Eagles, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to the halftime show too, right? Rihanna gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's <laughs> lots to look forward to here. We've had a we've had a good run of halftime shows too. You got Rihanna. I enjoyed last uh, last year's halftime show the the weekend. Uh, before that um you know uh, what was last year i can't even remember Kyle. last year was, was uh was uh snoop eminem oh yeah uh, yeah yeah oh yeah i remember that yeah that was good. that's uh hitting our youth there uh uh quite a bit all right so we're getting near an hour here sean anything that we we haven't hit on that you wanted to talk about man uh no i mean i think we you know we shouldn't we shouldn't leave without mentioning uh devin hester not getting into the hall of fame yeah right there you Kyle. go did you I so I kind of figured it wasn't going to happen this year. Um, how about you? I mean, I don't know what's changed since since last year. So I, I guess I, I was also kind of feeling like that was probably going to be the result. Um, I think uh, obviously it's it's kind of a bummer for Bears fans. He's uh, Devin Hester is the best ever at his position. I don't know what more you can ask a guy to do. I think he's going to get in eventually. I do. I think he will get in eventually. I think that I think it's one of those um where it's a bit of gatekeeping honestly. It's it's because he's a special teamer that you know they're they're making him earn it, which is stupid. Um but I I do think that is what we're seeing here. I I think he's going to get in eventually. I think he's going to get in eventually. It's just a matter of time. Uh, I don't think, you know, it, the, the clamoring around him every year is only going to get louder uh, if he keeps not making it. And, and I do think that that's eventually going to change. 
Yeah, Mr. Shorty up. Hester uh, will get screwed with a last ballot Hall of Fame because <laughs> he was a special teamer. I don't know if it's going to get all the way to the end, but it certainly does feel that is kind of the knock. And I just, you know, I, I guess I do understand it a little bit, but he's the best to ever do it. Like, there are a few guys that I think deserve. I mean, Cordell or pa- Patterson, when Cordero you know, retires. I think he's a guy that absolutely should be in the conversation when it comes to the way he impacted the game uh, on special teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would put him in that same conversation. You know, he's uh, obviously De- Devin Hester was was that, you know, on steroids kind of. Um, so I, I do think it's a matter of time. And, and you know, there should be more special teams guys in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a that's such a big part of the game that that you know, th- that's what's crazy about, and I think I wrote this in the story last night, Kyle, is like, you know, you you look at the, you see a team starting to punt and and half the time you're like, okay, it's time to go use the bathroom or run to the kitchen and, and you know, grab a snack or whatever. It wasn't like that when Devin Hester was back there. You do not, you did not miss his returns. No, I, I think of, so obviously the, the, the Super Bowl, and uh, the 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 game against the Arizona Cardinals, the very fa- famous Dennis Green rant, um, are two that come to mind for Devin Hester. But there's another game. I don't even remember who it was where he returned. It might have been a kick and a punt. It might have been two punts. But there was – I can remember the announcer um, specifically on the second return going just going, I don't get it. I think that's what it was. <laughs> like he just goes, I don't get it. Like because they kicked it to him again, and it was the same result. And that is really – the uh you know that encapsulate Devin Hester to me right like it was to the point that you couldn't kick it to him you know like they had returned one and it was like you just had the expectation that he could do it again in the same game and how many I, the, the rules have changed a bit yeah for kick returns and that that has altered it kick and punt returns but like how many kick and punt returns did we see in the NFL just this year like for touchdowns for touchdowns yeah oh not many not, not many, many at all. all i mean it's 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 a lost art at this point um and he was the best to do it and uh you know i i think he's gonna get there eventually but all right let's let's get out of here sean we're at an hour we appreciate everyone who jumped on it was Thanks really joining, guys. yeah it was great having everyone on this morning uh a couple programming notes we will be back with you guys next friday morning um, I guess I should, John, we're going to be back with them next Friday morning, oh, yeah. right? We'll yeah. We're, we'll be back next Friday morning. Everyone enjoy, uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday. We got a couple of pieces still coming for you this week. Um, Sean, uh, this afternoon, we'll be dropping a piece with, uh, a, a, a breakdown of all of the connections for the players and coaches that have a connection to Illinois, whether that's guys that grew up here, that played here at college, played here with the bears. That'd be a nice fun piece. And then, uh, yesterday, or I'm sorry, yesterday, Tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, check out shawlocal.com. John put together a really cool comparison piece between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields going back to, you know, the way they were recruited in high school all the way into, you know, where they are at in their current NFL progression. So that'll be dropping on uh, Saturday. Check that out over the weekend. And with that, once again, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. For Sean Hammond, I am Kyle Neighbors. Thank you for joining us. Everyone enjoy the game this weekend, and we will talk to you guys next week.